Well, hello. Welcome to Midlife State of Mind, the show for that middle section of your life, the one that comes after you've raised yourself, your kids, and the rim on your rose-colored glasses. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. And I'm your host, Alicia Jessness, and we're so excited for you to join us as we talk about all the weird and wonderful ways things change as you navigate midlife, the state of mind, that is. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. And I'm your host, Alicia Jessens. Thanks for coming back and hanging out with us for a second week. Absolutely. Well, if you were, um, if you listened last week, you know that we talked about like childhood in the 80s versus childhood now. How are we still alive? Um, all, we covered all the things like how parenting different, you know, differs now. Um, And so why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about today? So today we're going to talk about how midlife looks different for our age versus previous generations, how how our our midlife is a little bit more youthful we are I think participating in more activities but we're just we're going to get into some of the details about how different our midlife looks from our parents and then even more dramatically uh, how different it was from our grandparents' generations. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that 50-year-olds today are like 35 compared to like 50-year-olds like 50 years ago, don't I, you think? I agree with that 100%. I, I look at like the, the level of activities that I'm doing today, and not that it's like super packed, but just my mother was definitely not still going to the gym attending a ton of social events you know she was in a very different stage of of her life at age 45 than i am for sure i think that like it's funny because like looking back as a child like let's just say as a 10 year old and seeing like 50 year olds and maybe, maybe 10-year-olds are thinking that about us now. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe maybe we're, maybe old- we're deluding ourselves, right? <laughs> we are. Maybe we're older than we think we are. But I, I, I look, like, my mom was still pretty vibrant at 45. She had me really young. She was 19. So I was only, when she was 45, I was. You were 26. Yeah. So you were an adult. I was a full-on adult with my own life. That's and almost a kid. And almost a kid. That's the year that I had my my son. Well, I was twenty-seven. It was the following year, but yeah. So thinking about like what she was doing at that time, she was already kind of settling into a much more um, kind of home, not homebound. But I think it was because I think that like. Um, their I mean, hobby was watching television. Yeah. Our hobbies are much more, we're, I feel like we're just doing so much more. Yeah, and I think that, like, um, at least in my case now, some of that was financial, you know, the, the having the means. but um, Absolutely. Was that we travel a lot. We do. We are whole, like, we, there, if I see some place a place that I want to go I don't think like oh I'll never accomplish right. getting there in my lifetime where I'm just I, like how can I get there how and can when, I, when can I make this happen what can what yes when when can I schedule this when you know how long is it going to take me to put aside the money for this where I feel like um our parents generation and then especially the generation before that our grandparents generation 
didn't really dream a lot. They didn't, it, it was, I just think it was different. It was so different. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know that, like, I've done, you know, quite a bit of research. Erin's um, our researcher, y'all. Yeah. I love to read articles about, like, stuff. <laughs> I know it's weird. I'm just here for the So fun. I was going to say, you know what is really interesting? Um, I did this, like, 16 personalities test, and it, like, rates your um, your strengths and weaknesses. Okay. Or it just rates you from your strengths, you know, on down to what maybe are your less strengths. Sure. My number one was um, a love of learning. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, okay, so which test is this? Um, it's Myers-Briggs? No. no, it's called 16 Personalities. So, okay, I got to write that down. Um, I think that's what it's called. I'll have to give it to you for sure. Um, I'm not sure. I did. So I during well, during the pandemic, I did um, Coursera's, Yale's, um, the happiness. So did I. Yeah. Well, it was like p- pandemic. You're like, well, what can I do? Right. Like, you know, I can only Netflix so much. So so I made DJ do it with me. Okay. I was like, okay, we're. What's you, it called? The 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 art the the science of happiness science of happiness the science I love of happiness Laurie um I don't remember her name either oh we're bad she's hosts the Yale we're um, I know we'll put it in the links yeah, we'll link we'll, to we'll, it we'll show notes it um footnote it right yeah um Laurie Santos yes Yale um it was a fabulous um course but you take the personality test and it like gives you your like strength oh, yeah, you're right I did do that and mine was love of learning was my number one. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to be like strong leader, you know, like I wanted it to have like leadership as one of mine. It was like, no, you're a researcher. That's but interesting. I was going to say that. Um, so one of the things that I found very interesting is that midlife is the least studied. It's like uncharted territory as far as research goes. Everybody's focusing on like if you I, w- I was an education um, major okay. in um, college and, you know, um, did like elementary ed and you know you're like Piaget and all the people that like you know they study like from like birth the developmental years developmental years like yeah. birth yeah you know from here to three months is this and then you know and then got all the milestone markers totally. and tons then of the research school years tons of yeah. research how many times did your kids take the Iowa test of basic skills right every they take year every you know te- blah 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 all yes. that and then it's like then they, you know, have like looked at then the developing brain up to 25. And then it's like, then there's this like kind of space between like 30 to 70, but more specifically like 40 to 60, um, where it's kind of like no man's land. And then it's like, okay, 60, starting 60, sometimes 70, they start looking at the declining brain. So what and seems life. odd to me is, yes, we're, so we're studying, you know, Alzheimer's and, um, you know, dementia and the, all of, all of the, the, it, well, that's exactly what it is. It's the decline. We're just studying, we're studying, you know, books and books and libraries full of information about what's happening during the decline. But it's crazy to me that we're not studying the period that immediately precedes that. Right. Because I feel like if there were more studies in that time period, we would maybe be closer to curing our treatments because. Well, they're waiting and studying when you've already got like Alzheimer's or when you have dementia and it's like. Okay, but I mean, I know so sometimes... So somebody needs to be plugging your brain into something when you hit 40 and you don't have any problems to see what's happening. Well, to see if they could see even subtle changes in the brain yeah. that, like, they wouldn't know that you had Alzheimer's, maybe. Right. But, like, okay, let's... And 
like let's do some 40 year studies yeah yeah Yeah. well the macarthur foundation um they actually did do a decades-long um study um it was so how many decades did it say it just said um it was decades long they didn't give and it said it um, it's called the macarthur foundation research network on successful midlife development okay and they looked at thousands of like participants men and women over um you know decades during midlife so the years between 30 to 70 or 40 to 60 more specifically and they were trying and they were looking at like basically like successful midlife um and so they looked more at like day-to-day stressors so things like fight with your husband but how did they how did they define successful midlife like so they didn't give yeah it wasn't uh, so i read the abstract and it wasn't like so we don't know if these were people with careers people not with careers it was just generally right a whole like conglomeration of like whoever was all different types men women okay but somewhere in this age just because success to one person doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to another person right right? so maybe more like you could think of what I kind of think of it as is like contentment maybe instead of like because success you could maybe not be content if you're successful. Well, but yeah, that's true. You could you could be climbing, like flying up the career ladder and, you know, not necessarily feel content with your life. You could be right. viewed from the outside as someone who's very successful, right. but then feel like on the inside that you're a complete failure. I mean, right. I know lots of people who have felt that, especially at that age in your like early to mid 40s before you're hitting that real midlife stride I'm in it right now just where you're well it's comparison it's like imposter syndrome you know there's lots of things um we've made it this far to wherever it is on the scale of things that we're measuring by but is it did we really earn it is it really deserved and, right. and all of those questions and well that's you know. what leads I think to midlife crisis you know that typical stereotypical like midlife yeah. crisis it's like holy cow wait like first off it gets here way faster than you ever thought right oh my god I look I feel like I was 26 and pregnant yesterday and he just graduated high school. Like, I, when they used, you know, that they would tell you, like, sleep when they sleep. Yeah, and, it goes fast. And it and goes by so fast. Like, mm, okay. But, like, it, I mean, I just feel like I cannot, where did the last 18 years of my life yes. go? It's so fast. And time seemed to move for me very, not that kids are the measurement of your life, because not everybody chooses to have children, but, you know, it, I feel like when you're in the period before you have children, it's almost like we're in a rush. We're in a rush to get to double digits to turn mm-hmm. 10. Then we're in a rush to get to 16 so we can drive. Then mm-hmm. we're in a rush to get to 21 so we can drink. Drinker. Then you're in a rush to like graduate college so that you can get a job, so that you can start your life, so you can get married, so you can have. It's like we're in such a rush that we're not paying attention to the time. Then you. get married have a family or whatever it is that you choose to do but like those years from 25 almost to 35 or 40 it's just like they're gone like you're just in the mix so hard and then in your then all of a sudden well I think what happens too is that you're just always treading water because you're you're like 
yes, you're like, okay, Tommy needs this, you know, I need to do this for work. Um, you know, everything is like, just like, okay, just like, oh, crossing off the list, crossing off the list. Then you never really have time to reflect. You don't. And then it's like, okay, your kids, well, first off, it's because you're sleep deprived. Yeah, you're never um, sleeping. You're changing diapers. You're, you know, I mean, I remember with DJ, it was just like, I mean, especially when he really got into his hobbies and sports, it's like I've got sports practice A, swim practice, basketball practice, basketball game, um, piano lessons. Mm -hmm. It was just like, it was never ending. And then they tell you on a Tuesday that oh I need 24 cupcakes for tomorrow right and you've got to go to Kroger then you're like oh, I gotta go to Kroger and it's buy it's nine o'clock you know. at night yeah. and I'm gonna be up till three in the morning I mean and then it's like when they start getting self-sufficient then it's like all of a sudden and maybe you've, you've gotten to a place in your career or whatever it is that you're able to like take a breath and then I think that's why you have a midlife crisis then you're like holy shit is this my life wait no okay it is my life yeah it is oh huh huh how did I get here yeah what happened like I thought and you know if you think about when you were a kid like what did you think about you wanted to be when you I thought my life would look so different at yeah. 45 I and it's not that I am necessarily unhappy with the way that my life looks I just had a completely different picture different picture yeah yeah well it's like especially if you were a little girl and you're like I want to be a ballerina right? or, or a boy, you know, so it's like, I, I want to be a professional football player. I wanted to be a backup dancer on in living color. That was my dream. Uh, <laughs> what was your dream? See, I was grown by the time I was, um, by, by the time in living color, which JLo started on there. I, I did not know that. She was a backup dancer. Did yes. not know that. Go back and look at some of the old episodes. She okay, had really super short hair. Um, so I had two dreams. One was, um, my first one was I was going to be a cardiologist. I had okay. heart surgery when I was six. I was born with a congenital heart defect. They fixed it. And at 18, I started working in a hospital mm -hmm. in an ICU mm -hmm. and I wasn't even doing like clinical care. I was like transcribing doctor's orders, ordering yeah. tests. You know, I was not, not patient care, I should say. Yeah. Um, but every time someone would die and I'd have to like call the code and yeah, do, I was like, like so hard. I would cry. I was like a nervous wreck. I was like, you know, Aaron, you really shouldn't be in charge of people's lives. You should not like have to like, like make life or death. Me. Like I can't, yeah. it's almost like a, not that you couldn't handle it, like legit couldn't handle it, but like, I really can't, I don't want to handle this. Yeah, no, I couldn't legit handle it. So it's funny. I have a similar story. My grandmother was in, so my next dream after I realized like, I'm probably don't have the skill to be a backup dancer or a perfect, that was just like, I love to You're dance. Like I have no rhythm. No, so that yeah. kind of puts a damper on. I, I look more like Elaine on the episode of Seinfeld mm -hmm. where she tries to dance. That's that's more what I look like. So, oh. um, so but my grandmother was in a really serious car wreck, and she had to have a halo. Yes, do you know what that is? I do. Okay. They, if y'all yeah. don't know what that is, Google it. But be prepared; it's gonna be some very graphic yeah, pictures. Like, um, it's an it's it's a brace that actually screws into, into your, your head, skull, into your skull with your bolts. Cranium. Yes, to keep it's it's for when you break your neck yes. so it keeps your you can't turn so your, you can't move and yeah. it helps stabilize your spine your so, cervical spine right so here's what happened so I think I was 10 when that happened and so my 
so I was into it. I wanted to be a nurse. You know, that was my next thing is I wanted to be a nurse. And they sent me down to kind of help care for her for the summer to like clean the wounds and help her, you know, take showers and, you know, and I'm 10. And that's a big response. Well, now, nobody would do that today. Let's be honest. No, nobody would do that today. But seriously, like I, I wasn't, I don't want my mom or my family to listen to this and be like, they didn't send you down there. But I wasn't alone, but I spent yeah, summers no, with I my know. grandmother anyway. But this was like, oh, if you really want to be a nurse, this is a great opportunity for you to. And my aunt lived right down the street who actually is a pulmonary cardiology therapist and has been for 30 years and And so so she she was was, yeah she was literally on the same block well I didn't think that they sent you down there with a little medical bag and be like oh we'll pick you up in um September make sure grandma stays alive right I wasn't Felix the cat but um but it so I came to the same realization that summer I went home that summer and I told my mom okay that's out like uh, you're like you know the dancing things out but I did I this is not something I could do full-time there's just no way I it's too it was too not I love, she was my favorite human alive. So I loved taking care of her, but I knew that this wasn't something. Well, it's different taking care of somebody you love than taking care of somebody that you don't love too. So maybe like you were like, hmm. This isn't something that I would Yeah, like do. I don't mind taking care of my grandma because I love her dearly, but like wiping people's bottoms that I don't know might not be like how I want to spend my day. Yeah, I just knew that was not for me. I knew that yeah. was not for me. So, um, so tell me more about this study. Tell me what okay. were the results. So here's what they said. I mean, you're going to be shocked at the um, at the stats. Is it bad? <laughs> so midlife adults experience more overload stressors from juggling too many activities. Right. So it's like kids when are still was this pr- published. Um, I'm this, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I think it was in 2013, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, I'm bad with with dates. Um, So too um, many activities. Yes. So like they still have kids that they're kind of like involved with. They have aging parents. They have careers. Yeah. Um, But women, of course, shoulder more of the stress um, than their male counterparts. And they report always across the board higher levels of um, distress as a result, which, I mean, we've all known about, like, if you have a man that works and a woman that works, the woman still does the lion's share of the yeah, you know, caregiving and the I mean, it's home. 2021, it's like, and it's still, I mean, it is still. It's very hard, I think, have an equal partnership, like, equal, equal. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a stay-at-home mom, so my job has always been, like, the kids in the home my husband's always been the breadwinner and so right. Jeff has never had to like worry about do we need toilet paper because I've always you know it just magically appears um but that but you had your full-time job was yeah totally I was like managing that's, the home the children yes, totally and all of the things I never felt pressed along. upon right because that's one of the reasons why when I started staying at home I was like okay I could have gone back to work after number two probably not after number three um but it was like, okay, am I going to, like, want to work full-time? And still carry all of that load. Yes, because I knew yeah. that then, and then it's like, You'd am I ma- going to make myself old just for, like, money and, and, and you stress had, myself out? You had set an expectation in your marriage at that point, and I think a lot of people kind of face that, like, they first get together. How long had you been married after the number two? child so Evan was born in 1998 December 30th 
Um, you couldn't almost get later in the year. So <laughs> we were born in December. I mean, we were married in December of 1990. So eight years in, we had baby number two. Okay, so for eight years, for the majority of your marriage, you for a very short period in the beginning, you supported him. No, he supported me. But I thought you worked while he was in Well, school. no, he was in the Army. I was in college. He supported me. And then I graduated from college. Then he went to school. I supported him. And then we had a kid also. And then he graduated from college. And then I got pregnant almost immediately Immediately. with baby number two. And then that's when we were like, and he had gotten a better paying job than what I had been making all along. Um, Right. You know, just, I mean, you know, the whole wage gap. But but I also wasn't as skilled as him. So I didn't have as skilled of a job as him. Right. Okay. I mean, I had, you know, like, I was, like, either in sales or working at a hotel as an uh, So you were service. not using what you went to school for. You weren't I teaching. Ne- but he, I would I would have made less teaching. Right. Okay. I didn't teach because I would have, I made more in. Because you knew better. Yeah, in corporate world. I mean, in sales, yeah. I made more than I would have teaching. Of course. Of course. Isn't that correct? Like, that's so sad. Yes. Teachers are severely underpaid. They are. Give your teachers it, or talk to your kids if you have grown kids. Make sure that they give their kids' teachers really nice gifts yeah. at Christmas and end of the year. We always have done nice gifts. Um, and not an apple ornament for Christmas, okay? Or an apple um, or a mug, teacher mug with that apple on okay, it. Okay, now you're making me feel bad because that's exactly the kind of stuff I would have DJ give his teachers. <laughs> which now I'm like, give I'm them a, tar- a $5 Starbucks gift card. Well, instead. we would do that too, but I would, I would always try to encourage him to do personalized gifts, like have him pick things out or... Decide and think. Okay, so we're that's now we're getting off topic. Yeah. Then. So okay. <laughs> so what I want to know though is in your marriage from the beginning, even when you were supporting him, did you carry the majority of the load at home? Yes, you did from the beginning. Yes, and that was why then, and not because Jeff is super wonderful, but I would have to tell him, "Here's what I need you to do." Like it wasn't ever like. Oh, wait. I'm rolling my eyes, but the reason I'm telling you that because you guys can't see it, but I feel like that. Yes, it's like he would do anything I asked, but I would have to ask. But we always have to ask. I feel like that's just a, it's, that's a general male trait that doesn't make it forgivable or excusable, but we, I think we, they never, they are not as intuitive as we are as a species, generally speaking. Right. I mean, they don't go to the grocery store until all the food's gone. Right. And then like your Where we plan ahead for like what we're, what are, what is our family going to survive on this week? Right. Let's, let's buy some food. Okay. So what meals are we going to have? Blah, blah, blah. Well, or like, oh wait, we just used the last of the toilet paper, like, Oh, no, yeah. we, we have backup rolls because we buy it in advance. Yes, right. Yeah. Or, oh, wait, the laundry basket is completely full? <laughs> <laughs> wait, not, I'm out of clean underwear. Yeah, because when the like laundry basket gets full, then you have – But so, so we just decided that – I mean, I honestly remember having this conversation with myself. It's like, well, do I want to still continue to work? Because I did love working mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and take care of kids – you know, and, um, do a lot of the stuff or have to, to manage a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Even though I didn't have to do it, I had to manage it. Which you, and make this... myself old, like 
and worn out and I tired. I feel like it's the same amount of stress when you're managing it as yes. it is when, because you're, it's, it's almost like, actually less I, stressed to do it yeah, yourself. Because then you know it's done. Then it's yes. not like you have to follow up later to make sure that it was done. Or it's just, if, yeah. I, if I know it needs to be done, I'll just do it. and then, Just do it. And just then do it's it. done. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, so back to like, so obviously we know women, we are just like awesome. And like, <laughs> we, we, we don't even need to have a, um, a whole episode on that. That's just like the, a given. We and all I know. have three boys <laughs> and a husband and I love dearly. And I think men are wonderful. I'm not a man hater at oh, all. Oh no, Not at all. I just think it's, so we were talking earlier off mic about how it, how much easier it is for men to compartmentalize mm-hmm. where we will generally be thinking of five or well, eight we want to multitask. 48 things at once where men that just have that capacity to then to like just turn something off or yes put and something focus down. on what's in front of yeah. them get it done and then I'll go on to like you know the Whatever's next thing next. and yeah. women are like here and there have you ever seen that funny meme it's like I went to go like organize the junk <laughs> yes. or it was like and then it's like and then I decided that I, and then it's like, and then I, and then that led me to this and then let that led me to here. And then, and then I wonder why everything is left undone because it's like, you were, we're like, oh wait, well, while I'm here, let me go ahead and do this. But that wasn't why we came there. We came there. So my favorite one is the difference between when men say I'm going to bed and when women say I'm going oh, to bed. Oh yeah. Like, so men say I'm going to bed and they, they get go to up bed and they go to bed. Women say they're going to bed and that means they're going to take the clothes out of the washer, put them in the dryer, fold the load of clothes that's in the start dryer. Start the dishwasher. Start the dish. Yeah. Let um, the dogs out one last time before. Make lunches. Yeah. Lay out clothes if you have the little kids that don't dress themselves. Yeah. Uh, maybe make some notes for a presentation you have to give the next day at work. Then maybe check your email one more. Time. time then maybe yeah. check your social then um oh wait you know what I forgot I've got to do snacks on Thursday so let me set up some kind of reminder for that for well plus practice. you're getting figuring out what you're going to have for dinner the next night so you're pulling it out of the freezer yeah, and I mean there's just so many things and where it's always like that I think for yeah well I think we just so if you know anything about your color, like your, have you ever done the color personalities and like you're either the helper or you're the engineer? I don't think I've done that one. Or you're, it's like red, green, yellow, blue, and it's like blues, no. the like, the fun person. They're like the partier. I mean, there's different. So is that the dudes? The guys are yeah. mostly blue? And then red is like the driven. You're just like, and then greens are the engineers. Then yellows are the helpers. We're the ones that are, you know, and women, I think just by nature, it's just biologically how we were made. And not all women, of course, just there's always outliers. programmed. To be caregivers. To, to be caregivers. Yes, we yeah. always, and some men are that way. Sure, sure. Um, and some women aren't. So, sure, um, absolutely. But what I was going to coming back to that study is one of the things that they said is actually one or one of the surprising things that I found. There was a bunch of like statistics and right. Um, but that that the stressors that oh, the the day to day stressors that are in midlife actually sometimes can have a positive effect rather than a negative effect because it means so what, yeah. What does that, that mean? When you're in midlife, you actually have more control over your life than you did in earlier years or later years. Earlier years, because it's usually that your stressors are dictated by other 
people and things. Yeah, like, school schedules, sports practices, yes. your work, your employer. Yes. Your, yeah. As an older, like I'm talking like 70 and above, health concerns, like declining right. physical health, declining mental health, declining, you know, cognitive reasoning, all of that. Right, um, right. You know, fall risks, all of the stuff that, so it's like in midlife, even though we have the day-to-day stressors, like maybe they don't have those day-to-day stressors as older Right. Our but kids are grown. They're out of the house. Maybe we're working less. So it's like it has a little bit, they've shown a bit of a positive effect. Um, so I thought that was like, huh, okay. So stress, I, I totally believe that stress isn't bad. Not all stress is all bad. Right. right. I, I think that. There's um, use stress that's good. It's like when you are, it's like when you, you, what I think it is, is like when you have control over it. And I think that's the biggest difference like if we're going to get back to kind of like what is the difference between um, midlife now versus then yeah. is that we have many, many, many more choices than our parents did and then our grandparents did. That's exactly what it is. I think for our parents, so here, here's my take on that, and I'll, I'll wax on it for a second, and then you mm-hmm. can tell me what you think about this. So I think that for our, let's start out with our grandparents' generation. Mm-hmm. So in that generation, Women were not expected to work. Mm-mm. They were, in fact, discouraged. Discouraged well, I think from working. When we had the conversation about my grandma, when yeah. she worked for the Tennessee Valley Authority, met my grandpa, they got married. She didn't have kids for 10 years, but she quit she, work. Yeah, and wasn't she, became she a not wife. allowed to work or something? Well, it was like... It was very frowned upon. Yeah, it's just like, you're married. Why are you working? Yeah, you, so, Your job is to be a housewife. Right, and everyone thought that, and it wasn't bad to think that. No. And that was a general consensus. So the mm-hmm. consensus was that women would stay home and manage the home, and mm-hmm. men would, Whether they had kids or not. Whether they had kids or not, and men would go out and earn the money mm-hmm. so then um then so that's our grandparents generation then the boomer generation comes along so this is the generation of our parents and it was actually the first generation where women were encouraged to have careers and have a life separate from their husband mm-hmm. while they were married well i mean women weren't even allowed to rent cars or have credit cards like without their husband's approval into like what the I don't 60s? know. What did you tell me? Was it the 60s? 60s? I, I, I think I've read it somewhere before. It's been a while. We're going to have to link to that article too. Yeah. Cause that blew my mind. When you told me that, that blew my mind. It's um, like, really? Like, um, you can't own property because you're, right. well, I mean, women couldn't vote. I mean, obviously until, you know, Susan B. Anthony times, right. but, um, okay. even after that, even into the 19th century, yeah. I mean, I'm bad with like, um, is that the 19th century or the 20th? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's into that next generation. So in it, like 1940s, I mean, 50s, 60s, yeah. women were still like, oh, I'm sorry. You can't have a credit card because um, your husband didn't approve. Right. You would go to the bank and you couldn't open a bank account in your own name. I mean, all of those things that were in that article, I was just blown away. Like you, you I, I knew, obviously you know, women's live is real, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we have been fighting for years and years, but just when you break it down into a list like that of all the things that women couldn't do, it's just, it's mind blowing how far we've come, but yet still how far we have. Yeah. We always are going to have far to go. I mean, I don't think it's ever going to be humans are not designed for things to ever be like final. 
no or fair or um we talked about off off mic that just the way our brains are wired it's not going to happen it's not going to happen we're never going to be 100 percent satisfied with everything no. all right so getting into the generation of our parents which is the baby boomer generation so mm-hmm. that was the first generation and see my parents are older than baby boomers they're are somewhere they? between the silent and the um in the and the boomers well my dad was born in 19 19- he was seven when Pearl Harbor was bombed. So, so my mom's right in. She's right. In the what middle. year was she born? She was born in 1956. Oh, see, my mom was born in 42. Okay, so my yeah, mom is going to be 79. Yeah. So, so that generation, though, just talking about the next generation, which is the baby boomers, it was the first generation where women were really encouraged to have that to have a career life. Right. And then, so now, now we're into that. So when coming down to Gen X, okay, so women were encouraged to have careers. And then it's almost like the expectation changed with Generation X, which is what we are, into you must have a career. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of women felt like if they didn't have a career, because lots of people chose to stay home. Mm -hmm. You chose to stay home and raise your family. But... Or did most of your friends work? Well, most everybody works. That like, yeah. Yeah, most. Well, I should say my friends. Now, my neighbors, um, like, and kids, like, my children's, my son's, different uh, during the different years, their classmates, yeah. parents. I live in an area where most of the women don't work. But, like, my own personal good friends most of them have careers. I think it's it's it was a generational thing. We were it was not only like so baby boomers were encouraged to work. Um, that's when more and more and more women started to go to college, and then now with millennials and Gen Z, mm-hmm. um, women with higher education degrees. We were talking about this yes. like last night. We have, outrank we men. We outrank men by far. So it's it's almost like we've... Well, the com- tide has shifted, it's for shifted sure. It's shifted dramatically to where now women are even becoming breadwinner winners. Mm-hmm. Wimmers. <laughs> Wimmers, winners, whatever. Yeah, right. They're swimming into the money. Yeah. Anyway, so they're... Yeah, so women are becoming the breadwinner of the household. And yes. not only is it not frowned upon it is encouraged respected and then we even have like a whole a whole generation of men who have become comfortable in a more submissive role yeah so and, and and then that or that both parents work and if they work from home it's become more like I definitely think um that dads of like millennial dads definitely different than like boomer dads or um, it's a completely Gen different X experience. Dads. I mean, I know that with with my dad, um, my mom's second husband, which is the one that I grew up with, right, that raised you, yeah, was definitely he was somewhat hands on, but for the most part, very hands off. Well, you know, it's interesting though. My dad wasn't a good provider. He was an, a very hands on dad. Um, but yeah. like within when my brother went to school, he's the youngest. My mom had been a stay-at-home mom, and then because she wanted to, like, have money to, like, pay bills, yeah. she went back to school to become a nurse. Well, my my dad wasn't the greatest provider either. He was just less hands-on than my mom. Mm. I, it, and my dad, he played with us. He, like, did – I mean, like, there's so many wonderful things about, yeah. you know, 
my childhood with him that he was like always, you know, there for stuff and encouraging. I mean, he has, he's passed away now, but many, I, you know, some of my best memories of when he was, I mean, like our house was the house that you could always, my parents always like everybody was allowed to come over to spend the night. It we was always, the same with us. Even though we had nothing, we hadn't, didn't have two pennies to run. It was exactly together. the same with us. I mean, we lived in, you know, a, we, it was, there was not a lot of extra money, mm-hmm. but, but yet our house, my mom was always entertaining. We, the kid, all, we always spent the night at my house, you know, and we, I don't know. We made the best with what oh, we yeah, had. Oh yeah. My parents never said no. If we were like, can so-and-so spend the night? Sure. Yeah. I mean, in a house with four kids and yeah. we lived in a three bedroom apartment for many years growing up, but yeah. we always had friends spend the night. And one of the things, this is totally random, like just, but I'll just share because I just thought of it yeah. <laughs> is that, um, and we go off topic. It's just what we do, but, um, <laughs> We're it's, just here to hang out and have a good time. <laughs> my dad would do this, like, whenever we had friends spend the night, he would do Charlie the Ghost, and it was so fun. He would what? get a pillow, so we'd turn out all the lights, yeah. and our friends loved it. Yeah. And this just shows you how, like, you don't have to have money to have a good childhood always, but um, it helps. One, but um, 100%. But he would get a pillow, and then he would have a wiffle ball with um, – like two pieces of wire hanger coming out, but with a white, my dad always had a handkerchief, like always, never a, na- <laughs> never a, um, what do you call it? A tissue, but right. always a handkerchief. Right. Right. So my dad had a white handkerchief always until he died. I mean, he was just, that was like his generation was, yeah. you, I'm like, who you uses a handkerchief, a handkerchief well, now? They did. They don't, we, we, we buy tissues and you throw them away because they are germ. They That's germs. right. Yeah. They, Especially they with carry, COVID, right? They, they <laughs> always had handkerchiefs and double mint gum. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. But so he'd lay the white, um, handkerchief over. So then he would tell this story about Charlie that was this man and he was like wrongfully killed. He was murdered. I mean, this, my dad was the original like true crime junkie, but he didn't. Okay. So he was telling ghost stories to you and oh, your friends. Totally. Yeah. And then he would like say like, maybe we can get Charlie to visit us and tell us about, you know, how he was wrongfully murdered. I can't wait to hear how the wiffle ball comes into play oh, So then he would lift up. That was the head of the ghost. Oh, so then he would oh. lift it up. It would like, he would be holding the wires. You couldn't see him. And then it would like start to rise up and rise up and rise up. And then he'd, and he'd run and chase us and we'd run. And then our friends would be dying, you know, and then he'd run into the other room. And then he'd come back and he'd be like, you know, he went away. And yeah, he did that trick probably at least two dozen times. That was fantastic. Every spend the night party. That's fantastic. Everybody wanted to spend the night at the Fitz house. because. So- my dad was a musician, and we had very similar experiences, but it was it was usually when we were entertaining or with um, the friends that I brought up in mm-hmm. in the last episode, um, Becky and Vernon Williams, we would, it, it was bonfires. That's what we did, and they oh, were okay. all entertainers. They were all musicians. And so would y'all all sit around and play, they'd play music? We'd sit around and play music, and, and but the one specific thing, though, my dad would play the song, it's called The Fox Went Out. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that song? Mm-mm. The Fox Went out late one night moon and the stars were sh- uh, shining bright many a mile to go that night before he reached the town oh 
town. Oh, okay. So anyway, so it's I like it. You guys can look that up later. But there's verses about how the fox went out and what he's doing, and he gets in the chicken coop and the. Okay, um, so he was sly. He was sly, and he was always playing tricks on the farmer and his wife, and okay. and and so my friends would just beg him to play that song, and he did it so well. Did he play guitar? He played guitar and okay. he sang acoustic acoustic okay mm-hmm. and he he was a songwriter that was what he wanted to do that's how they ended up in nashville he was like oh well, i mean i mean it was just like well the other thing didn't work out so what the hell i'll just like uh, yeah i'm a singer songwriter yeah. yeah and he was very talented um you know he he worked with some some pretty big names yeah back in the day but um I, I, it, it doesn't talent oh doesn't always equal success though and yeah like, he was not he just did not have that he was a wonderful wordsmith so I definitely think my love for language English and writing came from my relationship with him mm-hmm. but um but like he was not a great provider he would have jobs and it's not that he didn't work but then there was a period especially after he and my mom divorced where he was like I'm not doing that anymore because he didn't he felt like he didn't have to mm-hmm. yeah so I so circling back to like how our generations are different and and coming back around to we're looking at this study they're telling us that the stressors are healthy for our brains. Mm -hmm. So do you think that our generations, because we are more active, we're taking better care of ourselves, we're participating in more activities, we're doing things like yoga and going to the gym and, you know, all of the things that we do. um, Do you think that because of that, we're going to have more or less cases of things like Alzheimer's, dementia, I definitely think that, you know, it's weird because, or, um, like a lot of, um, a lot of Alzheimer's, it's an organic brain disease. And so maybe yoga wouldn't even help. I mean, it's certainly yoga, you know, things that people do, you know, that like cross hemispheres, um, and any exercise in, you know, any exercise, um, helps just like with brain health but I I don't know that's interesting I don't know the answer to that well that's why I want someone to hop on and do a 40-year study I mean I I don't have the money to fund that but if you're out there and you're listening and like I I really would I wish there was more information about what is happening in those years before the brain deteriorates Mm -hmm. To see, like, are there things that we, I mean, we all know that if we eat healthier food, if Mm -hmm. we don't smoke, if we don't drink or, you know, use drugs to excess and we are living healthier lifestyles, we're exercising, obviously we're going to have better results Mm -hmm. than... And more quality of life, even if you, like, die unexpectedly, but you have, like, you're getting around, you're able to, like, do things that... Right, absolutely. So, but what I want to know is in the long run, does that really make a difference in how long it do, does it produce a healthier brain? We'll have to, we'll have to look at that maybe in, in a little bit more depth in our, in our next episode. Yeah. Um, well, I have one last question for you. All right, let's hear it. Are we almost out of time? Yeah. We're okay. Three. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're, we're still getting our groove. Um, we're like, I'm like, oh, wait, we need to know how long we've been um, taping. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, what is the most surprising thing that you have found in midlife? Like, what was the thing that you 
didn't expect? Um, so for me, it's pretty specific, and that's having the freedom to explore some other things. I expected, because of my mother's career and the fact that she, I mean, she primarily supported our family, and I hope she doesn't get upset that I said that on the podcast, but she was really the breadwinner. She was the solid breadwinner throughout my life. She always worked. It was always constant. Sometimes she worked two jobs. My dad worked, but he wasn't, he definitely was not excited about it. My mom loved her job. She was a banker, worked, you know, down on Music Row. We lived in Nashville. She met a lot of people. We interacted with And she with was obviously of, good at it. She was very good at it. I mean, she was promoted, like, just straight up the ladder. And, you know, even when she moved to other cities, she was always... So she she's lived in Savannah almost as long as I have. Mm-hmm. And within just a few years of her working at the SunTrust Bank on Wilmington Island, she got the reputation. She was known as the mayor of Wilmington Island because mm-hmm. she was the person who helped people open businesses. And right. Yeah. So so she so I think the most so she was always very career driven mm-hmm. and was very good at it. And so I always kind of expected to be like that. I expected mm-hmm. to love working and to love being in that sort of corporate America environment and climbing the corporate ladder. And I hated it. I hated it. Like, I always had to work just because of my situation. I wasn't married. Yeah, you were the breadwinner. I was your... the breadwinner for my two-person family. Right, right. Um, but I did not love it. And I found in the, over the last few years especially – um, with DJ's life changing and him growing and coming into graduation and choosing what he's going to be doing in his life and having the freedom to kind of explore other things. I think the most surprising thing for me is understanding that I can be different from that and still be viewed as successful and view myself as successful. Mm-hmm. You, that, that version of me that I thought... You know, we talked about earlier, like having the picture of what your life was supposed to look like and then realizing how different it looks. I don't know if you always plan to have a big family and be a stay-at-home mom, but I did I did not plan on having children until I was in my 30s, and I wanted five of them. <laughs> <laughs> then I had one, and I was like, oh, this is a lot. It's a lot of work. <laughs> this is a lot, and I'm doing it on my own, which is a lot. Long. Yes. I mean, my mom always helped. and Of course, I had, yeah, a, yeah. You know, I had a great su- support, support network system, of friends. Yeah, but, but you're still by yourself it was I me mean, it's, yes. I was a single mom for the majority of his life and yes. so just finding that my life does not have to look like that to be successful I think has been the most surprising thing for me mm-hmm. all right so it's your turn so I think that the most surprising thing about midlife for me is that how I just don't feel old I mean like I sometimes I'm tired but I guess I thought that when I, so here's, it's funny because like, and I want to point something out, like you and I both have lots of health issues that we deal with every day. And yes, even chronic. Chronic, right. Chronic conditions. And even, even in spite of that, or despite we, of it, or, despite yeah. that, neither spite of us, of yeah, we don't, I don't feel. No, like I thought, so it's funny because I think when I was like 20, I said, when I turn 40, I'm going to cut my hair really super short and dye it bleach blonde. <laughs> then 40 got there so fat. I was like, what the hell? I mean, I was just 26 yesterday. Yeah. And then I was 40. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I'll do it when I'm 50. 
because like when I'm 50, surely I'll have short hair and I'll, go, you know, and now I'm like, I'm 51 and I still, I s- still feel that I'm so much younger. I know I'm not. And occasionally, you know, I do. Oh, but we look fabulous. Catch a glimpse and I'm right. like, who's that old lady? <laughs> I <laughs> no. scare myself. No, you, but, you look fabulous for your age. I you know, I'm too. like, I thought I was going to feel older. I did. You too. know what? I, here, I guess here what it is. It's not even just like looking older, like feeling you older. You would feel. I thought I was going to feel more like an adult. Like sometimes <laughs> I would, I'm like, wait, I'm the adult? Oh gosh. Well, I'm, but I'm not Damn. adult enough for this. Yeah. Yes. I, like, I feel like that. I'll, I need an adult to your adult. Yes. That's yes, what I'm I feel like. like. Who, who's the adult? Oh, oh, it's oh, me. Oh, oh, crap. I'm the one. I have so, to, and okay. I can take charge. I mean, I yes. am like, you know, like Johnny on the spot. But I'm like. Looking at our I'm parents. I'm an adult? You, do, do, like, do, I thought that, it, like, I would feel like a real feel adult by now. They were adultier? Totally. That's what I feel. I feel like they were so much adultier than I. But you know what? But maybe, maybe we should talk. But I'm like, maybe they didn't feel like they yeah, were adults. Maybe so we maybe we do to need to parents. talk to them and ask them, like. When you were 50, did you feel like an adult? Like, sometimes I'm yeah. like, I wonder when I'll start feeling like an adult. Like, is it, at what who, age like, who, did who, you like, start feeling at, like yeah. you were a real adult? Hey, that's what we want you to um, tell us. Like, go to our socials, our yes. Facebook, um, Midlife State of Mind podcast, our, our IG. Tell us, like, what age did you start to feel like a real adult? Like, a real adult, quote Like, you, you feel like you're running your own life, you're running your own show, and you are totally adulting yeah because I'm like shouldn't I feel that way by now and sometimes I think like like maybe I'm never gonna feel like an adult is is are we not I don't know maybe I will I don't know because like then I think about people like um do you know who um Batty Winkle is on Instagram Batty Winky isn't it Batty Winky Winkle Batty Winkle but yeah oh my gosh I totally want to be a 90 something sure she doesn't feel like an adult clearly no, I know. Well, you know, I think she went through an old phase. And then when her granddaughter put her on yeah. IG, that's when she became yeah. a 20-something-year-old again. I mean, she is fine. If you guys do not follow Batty Winkle on IG, go look that up right now. Do yourself a favor. She's yes, fabulous. Yes, follow her. her I'm, I'm like, I want to be. See, I've always called her Batty Winky because I just, like, Batty, i.e. Winky. You could be right. I don't know. Oh, no, I I. Definitely, I'm very a high chance that I'm wrong. <laughs> We're going to look it up right now. <laughs> but, I mean, we do know who, if you didn't hear the last episode, Cuisine, Q-U-I. Oh, my God. I legit was like, am I crazy? No, I meant C. And then and I'm like, said. you yeah, said it's Winkle. Q. Batty it's Winkle. Winkle. It is Winkle. Batty Winkle. Batty Winkle. Yeah. I don't like that. I like Batty Winky. I've been calling her Batty Winky for years. Well, you can years. call her whatever you want. She's still going to be fabulous. So <laughs> she, is. she is. Yes. She is. So. All right. So go to our socials. Tell us, like, when did you feel like you were the adultest adult in the room? Or yes. do you not feel that way? Or right. Or when do you think that's happening? Yeah. So Midlife State of Mind podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we're going to get our other socials set up soon. Yes. We promise. Yeah, we're counting on our kids. But see, I think that. sometimes like <laughs> the people that are our age are only on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> I think you're right though. Like I don't. But I mean, we do. We want to like. But we have friends. We who don't want to yeah. like just talk to women that are in midlife. We want to talk to the women that haven't reached midlife. Right. And then maybe people who are like past midlife 
and we want to hear from everybody. We do. Yeah. So we definitely want you. You um, can sit with us. 100%. Absolutely. Whether you're 20 or 80 or anywhere in between. Yeah. Talk to us. Well, actually even younger than 20, but at a certain age, like if you're a kid, I don't want you around me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, we're going to curse. We're going to, we're going to, I curse. I love Jesus, but I I cuss. Yeah. You know, and so that's just. Yeah. So you got to be of age that you can hear. That's going to be our first t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Um, I think there is one. I, there, I've seen them. Yeah. I know. Yeah, but we're just we're gonna brand that and put it. Yeah. In the same amount. Okay. So, um, so find us on on social. Tell us when you felt like you were, when 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 you reached the stage where I'm officially an adult. Yeah. Or if you don't do social and you um, have found us, um, you can email us at midlifestateofmindpodcast at gmail.com. It's such a mouthful, but my gosh, we'll read every one of them. We, we promise. We'll answer them. We'll answer um, them. Definitely. But we, um, we're having fun. We hope that you are um, liking what you hear. We would love, if you are, that you hit that subscribe button, that Please you share. Like, this is where, um, like, the, the, the biggest um, compliment that you could give us is, is hitting that subscribe button and sharing it with sharing a friend. Share it with, with a friend. friend or two or twenty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you want to get and then like us on our follow us on our show, socials, you can um, share us. We're always midlife state of mind podcast, um, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear like, are you an adult yet? We also want to hear what what are some topics that you want us to talk about. We've put Definitely. together 48 weeks worth of topics, but you guys might not want to hear about all that stuff. So tell us what you want to hear about, yeah. but definitely tell tell us tell us what age you were when you when you yeah. hit the Yeah, um, give us adult. topic ideas, give us feedback, <laughs> give us um, questions, you know, whatever it is. Give it to give it all to us. We want it all. Like bring it on. That's right. Bring so, it. Bring, bring it. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all right, we'll we just love you all. Thank you for tuning in, listening to us. Um, we will be seeing you guys next week. Right? Yeah, we'll see you next week. All right. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.